Lord, we, we, you know, we are in awe of you. And yet, depending on the day, Lord, we get distracted by other stuff. So we, we sit here together on Sunday and we, we even ask for your help, Holy Spirit, to help us understand how great the Father is, how great the Son is, how great you are, Holy Spirit. We want to be in all of you. We want to give all to you, Lord. You know we get distracted again and we want to hold our stuff. And we're, we're together here today because those of us that know you deep down inside, we want to give all to you. So we, we believe the words of that song, Lord, and we need help believing the words of that song. We ask for help today. We trust you with your word now. We pray that you would uh, bring it to life for us so that we could hear it and it move us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we gave you some homework last week. Did you do it? Did you tell your real story to somebody this week, like somebody in the family or, or, or a close friend or a neighbor? Did you just roll out your real story? What was really cool is every single one of our campuses, the campus pastor there told his real story to the body so everybody could hear it, just, just to model what we hoped happened during the week. So I hope, I hope you did. If, if you need a little definition for this thing, man, what does a real story mean? Well, first of all, it's only real if you tell the truth. And one of the things we really value here at Radius is being real in a kind of a transparent kind of way. So like, like telling the good and the bad. Let, let, let them see who you really were. But, but when we say real, when we say the truth, then eventually the Holy Spirit has to be a part of your story. There has to be this spiritual component that captures your transformation from being regular John Reeves, the old John Reeves, to being the transformed one uh, who holds the Holy Spirit within me. Man, if you don't have that story, like maybe you have a story of, a, of an emotional moment, or if you're not sure that you have a real story, that's what Radius is all about. Hey, we, we want to uh, hang out and talk about that, so please reach out to your campus pastor. You want to talk about that, you just shoot me an email. I'd love to hang out and talk about it. So if you know Jesus, you have a real story. And you might not have spoken it out loud this week, but people who watched you this week, they are actually seeing your real story. And, and sometimes, you know, like that, that, we don't represent that story particularly well. So I thought I'd give you just like a little checkup. A couple ways you can, you can tell what your real story is. If you got, uh, uh, if you stream TV, right? If you got Netflix or Amazon or, 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 or one of those, all you got to do, I, I, I didn't know this, even on YouTube, which is how I get my TV, you can click the down button and it'll connect you to the TV channels they think you would like. You can, you can kind of figure out who the real you is, right? So for me, when I click the down button, it's ESPN, ESPN2, ACC Network. It just goes all the way down. Matter of fact, the other day I wanted to watch the news and I couldn't scroll far enough to get to the news because it was, they know me. The only reason I'm watching is if I'm watching sports. And if you were to do the same thing on Amazon, they'll tell you what movie that you potentially would like to watch. And, you know, you can look at that just for a moment and there's a mirror right there. It, it tells you how your soul and, and your mind is working. It's a great way to just check. Hey, you could check your social media, right? Like you could go through, as a matter of fact, you know, some of the social media sites, will, they'll, at the end of the year or a certain time of year, they'll put together your story for the year. And, and even though it's often not spiritual, it's real, right? Because it tells what you have hope in. 
Uh, you know, some of us would have uh, the Clemson Tigers in there a bunch of times. Some of us have a ton of family pictures in there. Some of us have tons of political posts. It tells really interesting what you hope in. I saw one the other day it had this crazy political post. And then it had the next one was this Bible verse. And then it actually uh, had another political post that said uh, that uh, Hillary and Obama should be hung, right? And I was just like, ugh. You know, honestly, I was embarrassed because, like, you could tell that their hope really wasn't in the Bible verse, right? Like, it seemed like their hope was more in the Constitution or their view of the Constitution. And it was, it was troubling to see. But nonetheless, there are part of the church. I, I, I know that person. They're a believer, right? They know Jesus. And, and so they're a part of this broken mosaic of stories, real stories. You want to get more personal and get really personal with me or you? I can go. I, I bank at Wells Fargo. I can go to Wells Fargo and I can go through my expenses for 2020 and you can see what I hope in. All I got to do is break out the percentages, right? And you can, you can see if I'm generous. You can see if I believe that that's what God's asked me to do. You can see who I've been generous to or, or, or what I've been generous to. You can see all the other things that we value that we're willing to spend money on and some of the things that we're not. You could, you could get a real look at me. And that's when we say real stories. We're spending four weeks on real. The bottom line for us at Radius is what's the truth about you? Like, what do you hope, truly hope in? And at the end, man, I hope that we, as we evaluate ourselves and we, we look back at 2020 and we look forward to 2021, we're looking to see what the Holy Spirit has done in us or is going to do in us. And we're hoping that we'll yield to him as the year goes forward. So Radius has a real story. It's a mosaic of your story and my story, and it takes the broken me and you, and, and it makes something beautiful even out of our brokenness. The Holy Spirit shapes it and puts it together. And so in reality, this mosaic of stories at Radius, we're, we're a team. You're on the team. I'm on the team. Uh, the Bible calls us a body. Like we're, we're, He refers to the church as a body, refers to a her as an army. It talks about her as a, as a family. And it, it just goes on and on to talk about our deep connection to one another. Man, there's, there's a guy that walked with Jesus. His name was Peter. I love him because he says some stupid stuff, does some stupid stuff, and yet he's faithful. Like he, he really wants to follow Jesus. And he does it in a broken way. And sometimes his sin kind of pops to the top and it's embarrassing and Jesus deals with it sometimes harshly, sometimes graciously but all in an effort to get Peter ready for a job. And one of his jobs is he, he wrote two books of the Bible, and we believe the book that we're using often, Mark, that he dictated. Um, so he gave us these great gifts after he walked with Jesus. I want to read you just a couple verses out of 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 9 and 10. Man, let these wash over you. They are amazing verses. For you, me and you, the church, the team, the body, you are a chosen people. You are royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Did you catch some of those phrases? God, through Peter, is saying about me and you, 
He says about me and you, the church, that we are a chosen people, royal priest, a holy nation, and God's people. Four pretty cool statements. I just want you to chew on them for a minute. He says that we are chosen. There's all kinds of theological conversations about that. We're not going down that hole right now. You want to talk about that another time? We can talk about it. Man, if you're sitting there today and you've believed in Jesus Christ and trusted him as your savior, when you hear that you're chosen, it'll make you jump for joy. He chose you, right? He, he picked you out of all the people that have ever walked the earth. God Almighty picked you out. He chose you. Man, when I was in my middle teens, I don't know how your life went, but uh, I was average at just about everything. So I didn't get picked last, but I certainly never got picked first. And so it was frustrating. Anytime you're picking teams, I usually got on the team, but rarely did I get picked. One year I'm at the camp that I grew up at, and the, the coolest kid at camp, he was either 18 or 19, and he was the captain of the camper team. It was a softball game between the campers and the counselors, and it was the biggest deal at camp. And he picked me to play in the camper game. I was 15, and he picked me. And I, I, I man, I'm telling you, man, I was so honored. I was shaking. Now, I played right field. I don't know if you know baseball. I played right field, and I batted last, but he picked me to be on the team, and I, I, it was a, this amazing, probably my, maybe my greatest athletic moment of a life, which probably tells you my athletic life's pretty boring, but it probably one of my most, the great memories from childhood. This guy picked me on the team, put me in right field. I remember getting my first fly ball out there, all the older guys watching me, and you can feel the pressure, and you catch it. And you know who I'm going to look at first? Glenn Baranowski. He's right over there playing third. He put me on this team, and I wanted to please him. There's a lot of cute girls in the stands, too, so I wanted them to see what I could do. But I wanted to please him. I was honored to be on that team. And I got up, maybe my second at bat, and 65-year-old counselor, right? So I'm not sure this is really like highlight film. Throws me an outside pitch, underhand slow pitch, and I hit it. And we had really short right field, and there's a big sign up on the hill. And I hit it, and it was like it was like a dream. It just kept going and going. If it hits the sign, it's a home run. And it hits the scoreboard in the outfield. And I jog around the bases, and, and of course, the campers are cheering, and I am loving the glory. But you know who I want to get my eyes on? Where is Glenn Baranowski? The guy who chose me for the team. The guy who believed in me, but chose me out of everybody else who can't to be on that team. It, it, was, it was terrific. God chose you, man. And man, if you got any reason to worship him today, because he, he chose you. He says that you're a, a royal priesthood. Some of y'all love this show called The Crown, Right? Throughout history, young girls throughout the world have wanted to be a princess, right? They wanted to have royal blood, to be connected to the royal family. And when you, when you read royal, he, he's saying about you and me, we are connected to the king by blood, his blood of all things, the king's blood. Our king would actually go to the cross and shed his blood so that we could be blood, so that we could be family with him. He calls you and me a royal priesthood. 
when you get done with, with uh, Church Today Online, man, you may want to just pull out a couple more songs. I don't know. I like commissioned. I still have them in my car all the time, and it helps me worship. Maybe you like, I don't know who you like, but a great thought to worship on is that you're a part of the kingly family because of the death of Jesus. And then he says, and I, I, I don't know, this one probably makes me the most awkward. He calls me a holy nation. Me and you, the church, the church, the church, Radius Church, all the churches in Lexington. So that includes everybody in Lexington that knows Jesus, right? South Carolina, the nation, right? Our, our divided nation right now, the believers in this nation are a holy nation connected to the believers in China and the believers in Africa and the believers all over the world and all the believers that have ever walked the world. We're, we're connected as a holy nation. What does holy mean? It means that we're clean and we're, we're pure. What do you think about that? <laughs> I don't know, man. When I examine myself, I often don't feel real clean or pure because I know my sin. <laughs> but as God judges us, he judges us as the ones who have been purified by the blood of Christ and he looks at you as clean. And if you want something to worship about, Man, the comfort of being in the presence of God and him seeing me as completely clean, that should make you want to sing. So he says about you and me that we are family. Jesus is looking down at you and me based on his sacrifice. This scripture actually says that he's the mediator and that you and I are family. And then when we look down the aisle at church or when we drive by one of the churches in town, there's folks in that building that are part of the family. It's one of our phrases at Radius. It's a, it's a plumb line, we call it. We are family. A chosen, royal, holy family. How could that be? I know y'all. You know me. We're a chosen, royal family. Praise Jesus, right? Praise Jesus. It's in like uh, being a part of the family of the you know, all the families out there on the travel team. Now, church isn't like that. I hate it when it gets compared to that. It's not like that. It's not like being a Marine and having the deep connection of being in a real battle with other Marines that have gone through crazy training. Now, the, the church is deeper family than that. It's not like your siblings. Though they share the same DNA as you do, now, the church, the family connection is deep, and it really troubles me when we don't want to be with one another. Hey, let me, let me just make a little plug. If you're a part of Radius, taking this in, we're starting groups right now. And so if you, you got kind of this choice, do you want to fellowship with family or not? Like, it, it, it's really like, I think sometimes we're, we're a little soft and we'll go, man, you know, how do you feel? But it, it, for many of you, like, you're making a choice not to be with family when you choose not to be in a group. Because you, you don't naturally have that connection with other believers. And particularly if you're taking this thing in online, man, reach out to us today and let somebody put you, even if you're uncomfortable being in person yet, which makes 100% sense, uh, Man, let us put you in a, in a Zoom group or something, somewhere where you can have a consistent connection to other people. It's a huge deal for us as a family. Second Peter, if you back it up a little bit, he introduces 
these two metaphors. I just read one of them, priest. Uh, in, in verse five of chapter two, he, Peter writes like this. He says, and you are living stones, second metaphor. And God is building you into his spiritual temple. So, so you got this pretty cool metaphor where Jesus is the cornerstone and you're living stone. So if you connect to the cornerstone, he's building a spiritual temple, which means you, as you connect to Jesus in his work on the cross, he trusts you with the Holy Spirit. And it actually says that you're a living stone. So Jesus, uh, add all of us to it as living stones. And he's building this spiritual temple. Again, crazy that he's taking us and building the spiritual temple, but yet he chose us. That passage also implies that Jesus can also be a, a stone to trip over, a tripping stone. If you reject Jesus, if you reject the cornerstone, then you'll trip over him and it will send you to judgment. Again, man, if you don't have a real story, man, we, we have nothing better than Jesus. <laughs> At Radius, like, we, we try to do some things well, but we got nothing, nothing, nothing close to the greatness of a relationship with Jesus that you can have, but you have to choose him as your cornerstone and connect to him and believe in him, and then he makes you a living stone. So that's the first metaphor, which leads us to this metaphor that we've already read, this, this idea that you and I are actually priests, which is a little weird, right? Like if you know the Roman Catholic Church and you've seen the guy with the collar and you've seen people confessing stuff to him in, in, in a little closet, that's odd. If you, if you know the Old Testament in the Hebrew church and, and what the priest used to do back then, that's odd. And how's he connecting us to the priest, particularly the Hebrew priest, as, as Peter writes this to a church that has Hebrew and Gentiles in it? Here's what he says. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. So he's not like asking you for permission. I'm, he's telling you, and I'm just repeating it, that if you believe in Jesus, you're a priest. Not a priest like, uh, like, like I just talked about, but in some ways you have lots in common. Like you actually are a bridge between the world and God. Like in your neighborhood, you represent God in your neighborhood. That's, that's priestly duties. But he actually says that your priestly duties are to make spiritual sacrifices. So I asked you a minute ago if you told your story this week, have you made a spiritual sacrifice this week? What in the world? Like, I'm kind of crazy. Crazy talk is a spiritual sacrifice that pleases God, says the passage. Let me read you a couple interesting other passages in, in the Bible, all written by this guy named Paul. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.15, our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. You feel that? So, so sacrifices oftentimes would create this fragrance that please God. Our lives are the sacrifice, uh, are Christ-like fra fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are, who are being saved. So some folks that are believing, maybe you've had this experience, somebody's come to Christ because they watched your life, your sacrifice, your spiritual sacrifice to God. If you read on, it, it smells different to those who are perishing, to those who reject Jesus. That, that sweet fragrance actually, actually repels them. 
read you another one. I'll back up a verse. You, you go back just one verse to Second Corinthians chapter 2, 14. It says, but thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal possession. Uh, now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. What about that? God saves us, invites us into his triumphal procession, which I can barely say, and then he uses us to tell the world about him, and we give off this sweet fragrance, the sweet perfume smell that attracts those who are going to believe. I'll back you back, you back to 1 Peter chapter 2, 9, which we read just a little bit ago. He says, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness into wonderful light. So again, man, when I look in the mirror real hard, oftentimes I'm disappointed with my life, right? I, I, I want more, and I know that I've come up short in my service to God. Nonetheless, he's redeemed me, and these passages tell me that he's actually called me to be a priest. And actually, the, the word's plural, so it's me and you. We're together. We're a holy priesthood. We're holy because he made us holy on the cross. And then he puts all of this responsibility on us to represent him in the world. He calls us two metaphors again, light and a sweet fragrance. We're supposed to smell good to the world, those who want to believe. And we're supposed to create light in the darkness and be attractive. Our home, your home and your neighborhood is supposed to create light. Your neighbors are supposed to know what you believe, both by how you act and by what you say. They're supposed to, uh, your boss is supposed to know that you believe. The uh, custodian on your job, if you're not the custodian, right? Like if the custodian should know that you believe by the way you treat them. When you go to a restaurant, you and I, the waitresses are supposed to, there's supposed to be a little smile on their face when we come in the door because we believe in Jesus, because we're a sweet fragrance. Uh, your internet family ought not to dread what you're going to post next because you uh, represent Jesus. Now, on occasion, man, when you, when you uh, speak the truth, his truth, uh, it's going to be offensive. But most of the time, folks, uh, my, I find as I walk with the Lord openly, people are attracted, not, not repelled. Some are repelled. Both are true. New American Standard takes this little phrase in that, in that verse, this phrase that says, uh, you can show others the goodness of God. NLT uses the word show. Uh, the New American Standard reads like, declare the praises of God. So when, when you think praises, you think uh, excellencies. You know, not, not like a word I often use, but when you're thinking about God, you think excellencies, his virtues, uh, his eminent qualities. You, you're like, you just can't shut up. It's a great question for me and for you. Have we spent enough time with him so that when we're out and about, we not only look like him and our living sacrifices, but our mouth moves. We, we declare his excellencies. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, man, I got a bunch of friends who can declare Dabo's excellencies, right? <laughs> like, almost to a fault. Like, do you realize he's just, a, he's just a real man right now? Beamer hadn't done anything wrong. So some of y'all can declare his excellencies, right? All of his virtues. Certainly folks have declared Trump's virtues and Biden's virtues. And it's almost as if neither side can see any of their flaws. It's embarrassing to listen to, right? Because we know all four of those names I just named, it's just real dudes. Some of them 
deeply flawed. But, but you hear so much noise about them. What about Jesus? No flaws. Utter generosity. She calls us to worship. One of the reasons that uh, Radius, we, we think it's really appropriate to invite a friend who doesn't know Jesus to church is because they, they sit by you like, we're singing songs they don't know, but, but they're watching you declare the excellencies of Jesus. And they're watching this whole group, broken people, yes. Beautiful people, yes. Because of the redemption of Jesus, they're declaring the excellencies of Jesus. So at Radius, well, we love our family. We are family. And we love our neighbors. It's, it's our responsibility as believers. Let me wrap up with this. Not only do you have a responsibility, you have a specific responsibility. Every one of you taking this in right now, if you believe in Jesus, has a specific gift to offer to the church. It's amazing that God would choose us, right? He chose us. He made us holy. He, he put us in the royal family, and now he gives us a job. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says it very uh, succinctly. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other, so that we can b- work together on the team to exalt Jesus, which is what the Holy Spirit helps us do, and to accomplish his mission, which the Holy Spirit drives us to do. And you just take our campus pastors. Uh, it's fun to sit in the room with them. If, if you're at Lexington, Russell Johnson is, man, you look in the spiritual gifts list, he's a teacher. He's an elite teacher, right? He, he works through the scripture. When he starts talking about the Bible, his passion just jumps. It just jumps at you. We go uh, down to Southside, Scott Schufer down there. He's an encourager. But like, when you hang out with Scott, you come away feeling like a million bucks. When you hear him teach, he makes you feel great. Hey, if you go over to hear Derek Lifridge, you'll see a couple things. One, he's got this little evangelistic bent, but he's also a pastor. He loves people, and then he's just merciful. He finds, I mean, you want to go hang out with a homeless person? Ask Derek. He'll take you because he knows. He knows where they are and what they're doing. Joe over there has got this leadership thing that he does connected to some administration. Maloney over at uh, uh, Centerville, just straight up leader, Romans 12 leader that can also teach. Trey out in Saluda is just a terrific pastor. He loves and shepherds and cares. The dude is networked all throughout that area. And we just added a new guy, Irmo. I got to hold his name for a minute. But just in our little room of leaders, you see, it's not really any of those guys' jobs to do it all. We're, we're all gifted differently. We're on this team. And so we just got to do our jobs. And that's true for every single person that's a part of the body of Radius. Hey, we have a spiritual gift. We're a part of this team, and our, we're supposed to do our jobs to the glory of God. You want to do a little research on that? 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. It always helps me. Two 12s, two lists of, whole, of uh, spiritual gifts. You read Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. That's, that's the four list of spiritual gifts in the Bible. You want to do a little research? You want to talk about it? Holler at your campus pastor, and we'll walk you through it. So at Radius, we're family we love our neighbors, and we do our jobs. Just want you to examine it a little bit in your own life. Uh, what needs to change? Many of you are taking this in online because of the chaos that our nation's in with COVID and the world's in. Uh, how do you do your jobs in your present situation, right? How, how do you get those three things done? Because we can't take a break from it. So e- even if we're not ready to be in person, we got to find a way, if you know Jesus, to exercise uh, your love for him in this body. Radius, I already said, it has a real story. As a matter of fact, at the end of the month, 
You, if you're a partner, you're going to get a book in the mail. It's the radio story for the first 17 years. It's, it's our real story. It's broken, but it's beautiful. Uh, it's a mosaic of our individual real stories. So if I could challenge you again, you uh, leave the house and, and hang out with somebody over a meal that you're comfortable with, share, share with them your real story. If you're not willing to leave the house, pick up your phone and share your real story with somebody over the phone. It's a great opportunity for Radius to be a light and be a sweet ra- uh, fragrance in our Radius. Hey, love you guys. Let me bless you. Jesus, thank you for our time together. I trust you with your word, just the simplicity of those few verses. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would prod hearts as they review it in their mind and move people to action. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.